check, check. Oh, there it is. <sighs> hey, guys. What's up? Oh, man. I'm a little rusty, guys. Whew. All right. Before I kick off anything, um, I got to give honor where honor is due. Jordan Duncan, uh, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this student ministry. Um, you're amazing in everything you do. And guys, do, do not take what you guys have for granted because there's a lot of people out there that could have that position that wouldn't do what Jordan does. He's Really amazing, and Jordan, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to these kids tonight. Uh, well, I see a lot of new faces in here, to me at least. Uh, my name is Bryson Begley, and uh, I was a former student here and uh, the student worship director for a while. Um, and I recently, I've been at James River College pursuing my passion for worship ministry and pursuing that career of choice. Um, but that's enough about me. Let's... Uh, Let's recap what you guys have done. This is the last drive of 2023. Jordan, why don't you put more on the schedule? Uh, I'm just messing. This is the last drive of 2023, and what you guys have done this year has been really impressive. We've seen multiple students get baptized. Um, Let's see, we've started a podcast. If you guys have not listened to that, you should. It's amazing, it's fire, as some would say these days. Um, let's see, what else have we done? Oh, we started going to winter retreat this year, which is coming up soon, actually. So if you guys have not signed up for that, quick promo, go sign up at milecity.com backslash events. Go get yourself signed up for uh, winter retreat. Jordan, is there anything, anything else that we can mention? Students teaching, come on. Uh, let's see, oh, average attendance has skyrocketed within the past year. Thank you guys for inviting your friends and getting people to come to drive so they can learn more about Jesus, yeah? Awesome. Well, today we're diving into week three of Adore Him. And today I'll be teaching on the topic of how do we worship? And and the answer is really simple. It is through our biblical expression of praise and our posture. See, over the years, I have been challenged with this one question, and it's your public worship should reflect your private worship. Let me say that again. I'll drive it into your heads real quick. Your public worship should reflect your private worship, because I know some of you guys, you'll be sitting in your car jamming worship music, shouting out the lyrics, and you know, dancing what you can in the car, throwing your hands up, or even if in your, and you're, in, you're in your bedroom, and you're next to your bed and you're on your knees and you're like, oh, you're singing, singing away, singing your heart out, expressing the joy you have for the Lord in private, but are you reflecting that in your public worship? See, our posture and our expressions in times of praise and worship is our outward expression for God, both physically and emotionally. And and here's one thing I cannot stress enough when it comes to your posture and your expression in times of praise is that what we do physically has a direct effect on what we do spiritually. What we do physically has a direct effect on what happens spiritually in our lives. 
Let me show you this in Exodus 17, eight through 11. See, the Amalekites came down and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go down to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. It continues. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. I mean, it says it right there. Sure, Moses sent some of his his strongest troops, and they listened to exactly what the Lord wanted them to do. They went out and fought the Amalekites. And sure, the presence of God was was on them the entire battle. We see that later in the scripture that there was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of clouds by day. And God even supplied them with manna day after day. See, God God was on them the whole time But it says right here, if Moses lowered his hands, the enemy started to win. So long as he had his hands up, they're winning. So there's clearly a spiritual component to what happens in our physical life with our posture. And this posture leads me into my first one. Or no, sorry. Let me make this clear. The key to life's battles is our posture. And we'll keep continuing to come back to this phrase throughout this message, but that story leads me into my first posture and that is lifted hands. One thing Pastor Travis says that I really like is your hands should reflect where your heart is. That's a great statement, but as you'll see later on in this message, It should be, your whole body should reflect where your heart is. But we'll come back to that. See, lifted hands is one of the most biblical, expressive acts of praise. And it represents two things. It represents one, sacrifice. It shows God we are willing to sacrifice our lives and anything else we hold on to and giving it up to Jesus and laying it down at the foot of the cross. See here in Psalms 134, too, it says, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Bless him with your sacrifice. Bless him with everything you have so that there are no obstacles from him getting to you. The second thing it represents is receiving. When we, are, when we extend our hands, it shows God that we are willing to receive anything and everything he has for us. For many of this, this might be the hardest posture to do because it requires us to lay down our pride. And whether you wanna admit it or not, our pride is really hard to lay down. But once you do, you'll see Jesus immediately working in your lives. And just in case you guys aren't completely grasping this, 
Um, I'll show you guys a little demonstration, but I need a volunteer. Boom, Adidas, yup, perfect. Come on up here, give him a hand. Yeah, there we go. All right, see, look at this. Brand new Drive University crew neck. Could possibly be one of the last ones in stock. And I'm gonna choose to bless, what's your name? Isaac, with this crew neck. So, I want you to try to grab this with your hands at your side. Come on, grab it. Can't? Uh, okay, 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 you cheat the system. I see, I see, I see, I see. All right, now here. Try to give it to me without using your hands. Oh, okay. You play soccer? No, no, it doesn't even play soccer. Okay, well, used to? Makes sense. Well, here you go for being such a great demonstrator. Give it up for Isaac. Yep. See, if you take anything, anything from that silly little demonstration is that it makes it so much harder than it needs to be for us to give something up to God or for us to receive something from God if we just stand there with our hands at our side. You can't just stand there and expect God to bless you with something. You can't just stand there and expect to give God the glory that he deserves when you can't give it to him. So that's lifted hands. Next one is kneeling. And we're gonna dive right into Psalms 95.6. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. See, this posture puts us right back to where we belong. And that's at the feet of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. See, our God is so sovereign and so holy that he requires us and he desires for us to surrender our entire selves to him. See, when you, when you get on your knees before the Lord, you're saying, God, you can have everything. You can have all of me, and all of me is yours. And I think the best part about this posture is that when we are down on our knees, it gives God the opportunity, opportunity to look down on us, examine us, and work in and through our lives. See, not only does this put us in a position of surrender, but it also shows God that we are willing to be humble in his presence. It communicates a reverence to God. So you're saying, God, I give you the space and the time to freely work in my life without me getting in the way. I give you full creativity to reach down into my heart, into my mind, into my life, and work it for your good, for your plan, for his plan. 
give God the time and the space for him to work in your life. And this next one might be obvious, but singing. Singing, it's that simple. Singing to the Lord is not just a suggestion in scripture, it's a command. I mean, there's even an entire book that is dedicated to the praises of his people. You know what that's called? Psalms. Perfect. And I'm gonna show you guys a few scriptures where this comes from. Psalm 34. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. Next, Psalm 68, 32. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises to the Lord. Again, in Psalm 96, 2, it says, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. And notice how it says it in every one of those verses and plenty of other verses in Psalms too. It says, sing to the Lord. Not, if you want to, sing to the Lord. It's sing to the Lord, period. No comma there. But it's sing to the Lord. There is no arguing this one. Sing to the Lord. And I know a lot, what a lot of you are probably thinking right now is, oh, I'm not a good singer. I'm not good at that. Well, here's the thing. I don't care, and God definitely doesn't care. He just wants to know that he is worthy of everything you have, worthy of your praise. We do not sing because we're good at it. We sing because he is good. Let, let me say that again. We do not sing because we are good, we do not sing because we're good at singing. We're not good at, we don't sing because we have good rhythm or a good tone or a great voice. We sing because he is good and reigns above everything else. We sing to give him the glory and the praise that he deserves. See, your voice doesn't have to be the best in the world. It just has to be the best of what you have. See, your voice, you're not singing to be up on this stage. If you're in the crowd, that's just as good as being up here. Your voice may not be designed to be on this stage. It may not be designed to be on the radio or on Spotify or Apple Music, not on, in, a, in a stadium tour, in, in any church. Maybe it's not designed for that. Because you know why is because we are not designed for that atmosphere. See, our audience is not people. When, when I'm up here or, or Emma's up here or Isaac or Justin or Joe are ever up here, they're not singing to you guys because you guys are not our audience. God is our audience, he's everyone's audience. So if you think for a second that you're singing so that people around you think you're good, then that's wrong because your audience is not the people around you, it's God. Your song and your praises and your voice are for God. The next one might be 
a little crazy and you might get a little weirded out by it, but it's dancing. And you guys might think that's wild, but when I think about that one, I think about you guys immediately. Some of you guys, oh no, not some of you guys, all of you guys are really good at this one. Let's take just a random Wednesday night, for example, when you guys are up here making a mosh pit and you're jumping around and pumping your fist in the air, that's dancing, that's praising the Lord, that's giving him everything you have, that's expressing the joy you have for him by just giving everything you have to him. You look at camp when you guys are going crazy because you do not care what everybody else around you is thinking. So you're just giving everything you have. Let me show you a few verses so you guys just don't think I'm making this up. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Psalm 149, 3. Let them praise his name with dancing. 2 Samuel 6, 4. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. See, dancing didn't start for entertainment purposes for other people. It didn't start for you to impress other people Dancing was created for worshiping the Lord. You know why? Because at some point in time, there was someone out there that, oh, just, you know, just singing is just not enough, that they just start flailing their arms and jumping around and doing laps around the room and running around jumping in circles because they cannot contain the joy that they have for the Lord. So they made dancing They made dancing an expression for the Lord. And who cares if it's weird? Who cares? It's expressing your joy to the Lord. Just let go of anything that's binding you to this earth, to the people around you. Just let go of it and express the full joy you have for the Lord. He desires that from us. He desires our full praise and all of our joy. My last one is, is shouting. And I, don't, and I don't just mean like when you guys are out there cheering someone on, you're like, yes, go! I mean, just shouting to the Lord because you just have so much joy that you cannot contain. Let's look at Ezra 3.11. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures us forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Again, in 1 Samuel 4, 5 through 6, When the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp, all of Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. 
Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the, in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord had come into the camp. See, our shout is a warning to the people around us. It's a warning that says, I got the God of the universe. I got the one and only God in my camp and he's coming to conquer. Your shout is the same roar as the lions of the tribe of Judah that's warning the people around you that I have the power of the Lord inside me. Your shout is the same shout that brought down the walls of Jericho. It's warning the people around you that there are no obstacles in front of my Lord that can stop him. Your shout is a victory call and a cry to war that's warning the people around you that I have a God who's gonna fight my battles and then win them. He's going to keep winning them and that same God is gonna bust down any wall of any hardened heart to reach his people and make him his children once again. It's a shout that expresses all the joy that we have for him. So my question for you at the end of the day is how are you worshiping? How are you worshiping? I'm gonna revisit that, but this past week as I was on my 12-hour ride home, I started reflecting on the past year as it's coming to a close. And I was just thinking of that, about all the things I did this year. And you know, just some of the things I thought about were you know, watching sports on TV or going to a Tigers game. And when I thought about that, I thought about the environment around me. I thought about the people around me doing that. And I think about all the, all the shouting and the jumping around that we do. And maybe you're even taking a lap around your house because, you know, KC just won the Super Bowl again. Boo. Maybe you're shouting, maybe you're lifting your hands. Yes, yes, they did it. Or maybe you're getting down on your knees and you're crying because your team lost. Maybe you're dancing around for joy. Or maybe you're, you're singing, uh, you know, you're singing a song that they play at a baseball game. Oh, 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 you're doing whatever. And I started thinking, you know, why would, why would we do that for a player or a team when we won't even do that for our own God, who has done way more than scored a touchdown or hit a home run or hit a last second buzzer beater, hit the, or scored the winning goal of the game. He's done way more than that for you. I mean, he saved you from, from sin and, and death itself. I mean, he is the guiding light to our path. Our God has done way more than LeBron James could ever do. Our God has done way more than Patrick Mahomes could ever do. So why would you do that for, 
for a player? Why would you, why would you honor and praise a player or a team more than you would our one and only Lord and Savior? And you may be thinking, Bryson, no, 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 that's, that's, that's a way, way different, that's a way different uh, scenario. No, it's not. I mean, what are, what are your motives when you're doing that? When, you, when you're shouting or cheering for, for a team or a player? You're doing it because you're honoring and, and, and praising them for what they just did, the feat they just accomplished. So no, it, it's not different because we could be doing the same thing for God. And I know a lot of you guys have a lot more questions than just that. And I know what some of them are because I, I, I've, thought, I've thought the same thing before. One of them might be like, people are gonna think I look weird. Here's what I'm gonna ask you. Are you gonna be loyal to the thoughts of the people around you? Or are you gonna be loyal to the commands God has given us to praise him with everything we got, with lifted hands, with shouts of praise, with singing his praises. I mean, I can guarantee you the people that you think are thinking like, oh, they're weird, are actually thinking, I wish I could do that. If you started doing that, there's gonna be a lot of people around you that are gonna be thinking, dang, I wish I could lift my hands in the midst of this battle. I wish I could get down on my knees and show my God that I will give him everything. I wish I could just give up a shout. I wish I could just dance before the Lord because I don't care what the people around me think. There's gonna be a lot of people that are thinking that. So be the person that changes the way someone praises or changes their posture because of the, the step of faith that you're taking and your expression of praise. Another question might be, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing that. You might be down here just sitting around, slouching around over here. Oh, I wish I could just go to bed now. When is he gonna stop talking? When is, why, why is he telling me to get up again? Why is he telling me to jump, raise my hands? Gosh, oh, he's telling me to stand up again. Great, here we go. Oh, he wants me to come to the front now and get close with people. He wants me to jump around. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Have fun staying lukewarm in your faith then. Have fun making less progress than some other people are. See, your faith could be growing at a radically much bigger and faster pace if you would just go out there and, and, and just lift your hands. Because I tell you what, as soon as you do that, you'll feel the presence of God come down on you and you'll feel your faith growing immediately in big ways. I can guarantee you guys that. I can guarantee you guys that. I don't feel like doing this. You like doing this. See, you'll never, you will never experience the victory God has for you 
You'll never experience the victory God has for you if you stay true to your feelings. If you're staying true to those feelings of laziness and not wanting to, to do it, then you'll never experience the full potential of what God has for you. Another one might be, might be like, well, the people in my church don't do that. The people in my church don't do that. No one cares. No one cares. Are you gonna look like God? Or are you gonna look like the people around you? You don't have to look like anyone else because the only one you have to look like is Jesus. And throughout the Bible, we clearly see how Jesus worshiped his God, his Father. We saw that. Let's model Jesus when we're doing that. And I don't care how other people are worshiping your church. God doesn't either. God does not care how others are worshiping. Because if you identify yourself as belonging to a denomination or a people before you identify as belonging to Christ, then you are already in error and you need to check your heart. If you are gonna identify as the people around you and you're gonna identify as the people's posture around you before you identify as a son or daughter of Christ, then you got some, some workshopping to do. Last one. How do, how do I start? You know, Bryson, what, what you're saying is like making sense and I, and I, wanted, and I want to do these things that you're saying, but, but I, I, don't, I don't know how to start. And, and it's really simple. It's just, just fake it till you make it, guys. Just fake it till you make it. As long as, as in your heart you're saying, I really want that, I really want that, fake it till you make it. Take that step and just, and just lift your hands like this hands like this. And it, may, it may start just like this. Me and a couple buddies at college came up with this, this uh, analogy. It's called mounting the TV when you're lifting your hands at least. Right here, you're right here. This is, your, this is your starting stage. You're lifting up the TV, getting ready to mount it on the wall. The second you might be getting a little farther into it, you're, you're, you're putting it on the wall. You're like, we're getting there, we're getting there. And the last one is, <laughs> we did it, we did it. I mean, my dad normally does this for me, but guess what, guys? I mounted a TV. Guess what? I, I did it. And this is, where, this is where you'll experience so much of the presence of God placed on your life as when you're celebrating, celebrating what he's done for you, and you're just lifting your hands because you do not care what other people think around you. I will tell you what, because even if you are just faking it until you make it and, and you're, you're just, you're on your knees. You got your hands lifted. I'll tell you what, as soon as you do any of that, as soon as you take that, that first step and you're walking and you're in your posture and your biblical expression of praise, you will immediately feel the presence of God on you you will immediately feel your faith growing. You will immediately feel God working in your life. You will. Trust me, trust me. I've been there. I've been there, been there recently. 
going to college, my, my faith has grown dramatically because of, of the postures I, I have been getting into. And, and you know how that, that my posture has changed is because, it's because of the people around me. I see other people doing that and I'm seeing what God is doing in their life. So I just start thinking, you know, what if I started doing that? If I started doing that, maybe God will. And I started doing that and guess what? God started working on my life more powerfully than I could have ever imagined just, just sitting there with my hands on my side. Just sitting there just thinking, when is this next song gonna be over? I'm tired of singing this bridge 500 times. And I stopped thinking about that because I was in the presence of God and I was feeling what he was doing in my life in that moment because I simply changed my posture. And, and, and if you guys have any, any more questions about, about posture or any of the thoughts that are going on in your head, come up to me. Come up to Jordan. Go to, go to any of your leaders and they will gladly, gladly tell you what's up. They will give you a true, biblical, godly answer. And you know, if they can't give it to you on the spot, they'll more than likely get back to you at least 24 hours later. Minimum. Maximum, sorry, maximum. Guys, you, ha you, got, you guys have fantastic leaders that are going to be there for you in, in your walk with Christ. So, so ju just let them help you if you have those questions, please, please. But, but let me, as I'm closing, let me remind you of something from, from week one. It won't be true worship if what you're doing is mechanical. What you're doing won't be true worship if it's mechanical. It has, it has to come from the heart, guys. It has to. Or, or, or it means nothing to God if you're just, if you're just doing it to, to fit in. It, ha it has to come from your heart. It has to. Can't be mechanical. And, and, and what's gonna make it easier for you guys to do so, to make these postures and this expression come straight from your heart, is to have God in your heart because he's gonna help empower you to do that. Let me, let me show you guys a few things as we're going into this Christmas season and as we're gonna be uh, looking at the Christmas story. I know a bunch of you will as we get into this Christmas season, let me show you a few things from the Christmas story in Matthew 2.11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They, 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 got, they got on their knees before, before the Lord. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts. You know what they had to do to, to present him with gifts and, and, and the gold, frankincense, and myrrh? They had to extend their hands. They had to lift their hands up. And in and, and another part of the Christmas story in Luke 2.20, it says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. 
for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They were going out. They were going out, they were, they were singing and shouting and, and dancing around because they could not contain the joy of what they had just experienced. And, you're, and, and you might be saying, no, you know, Bryson, I wanna I want experience that. I wanna experience that, that joy and, and that pleasure that is, that is given to us by God so I can go out and, and glorify and praise God without, anybody, without thinking about what anybody else is thinking. I wanna go out there and, and get on my knees. I wanna get out there and lift up my hands. I wanna get around, dance, do a lap around the room. I wanna jump around. I wanna give out a random shout during a song because I have so much joy, so much joy for the Lord in my heart. And it's, it, 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 it's, so, it's so simple, guys. When, when you have Jesus in your heart, it, it'll make everything I talked about so much easier, I promise you. I promise you, because when, when, you're, when you're just sitting there without knowing, without knowing who, you're, who you're doing this for, it's gonna make it so much harder to do it in the first place. Having the joy of the Lord in your heart will make it so much easier. And so I'm gonna give you guys the opportunity to do so for those of you in the room who are thinking, Bryson, I want that. I want that uncontainable joy that you've talked about. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give those the opportunity to, to let the, the joy of the Lord and the Lord settle in their hearts back home where he belongs. So with no one looking around, if that's you, I just want you to step out in, in bold faith and raise your hand and say, Bryson, I want that uncontainable joy. guys can lift your hands if that's you. I see you. I see you. God sees you. God wants to fill you with joy. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down now. And maybe for some of you, it's been Dang, it's been really hard lately. It's been so hard to just express to God with all my joy. And maybe you've been robbed of your joy, but God wants to put that joy right back into your heart. And you've been longing for, for something that's gonna fill that void in your heart. That void that, that joy once, where joy once resided. And God wants to fill that empty void with what once belonged there. So if that's you and you're saying, God, I wanna experience the joy for you again. And I wanna accept you back into my life and I wanna re renew my faith in you. Just lift your hand.
so good. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for what you're doing in this room right now. God, thank you for, for your presence just stirring in this room and stirring in the hearts of, of your children here, Jesus. God, God, you see, you see those people that lifted their hands, Jesus. And we thank you for, for with no argument, with no obstacles in your way that you came down in that moment, in that instant, and you filled that void and with your joy, Jesus. And you filled it with your presence, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity you've given all of us to come into your house and freely worship you. And we thank you for this time that you've given us to come in here and learn about your word and what you have for us and your commands for us on our life, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in our life. And we thank you for what you're going to continue to do in and through our lives. God, we give you, we give you all the glory. And we give you the space and the time to work in and through us freely without us interfering with with your workings, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these students. And in Jesus' name.